Well, good morning, Lake Point. Go ahead and grab a seat if you like. If we haven't met before, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm looking forward to meeting you at some point. Uh, if you're brand new with us, I uh, just want to say uh, this is not how it normally looks at Lake Point Church, uh, but we're a church that connects people to Jesus. We do it in everyday life. We do it in everyday relationships, and the format today just really uh, has a lot to do with those relationships around you. I promise I'll help make sense of it later. Just Sit tight for right now, and y'all you, be fine. Um, hey, uh, a couple of neat things are going on in the left of our church. Uh, one of the best ways to stay in the loop on it is by filling out your Connect card. That's uh, one of the many things hanging out in the middle of your table. Uh, it looks like this. If you want to fill that out at this point and connect with some of our fantastic people at the Connect table after service, uh, that'd be fantastic. Anyone who's planning to come in uh, supporting the church with generosity today. There's a way to do that online as well as in the box in the back. And I just had a really neat picture this week of what our generosity does. We had a date night this past Friday, and there was some axe throwing going on, some football throwing, hopefully, uh, hopefully not any partner throwing. Uh, but, uh, you know, for married couples, for dating couples, uh, looking forward to furthering their relationship, it was, it was fun, it was content, and the neatest part was it brought three different churches together. 1128 Church, who Lake Point planted back in 2021. Revive Church, who Lake Point planted uh, earlier this year. And it was just this neat picture of like the generosity that comes into our church, turns around and plants other churches, but it doesn't stop there. That church pours into marriages and pours into couples, and those couples pour into their kids and their communities and so on and so forth. Like, when you guys give so much as a dollar to Lake Point, it does a lot more than you think. It's like this little snowball in the kingdom of God just got another few flakes on it, and it got bigger and bigger, and, uh, and all of a sudden axes are getting thrown, I guess is the, the moral of the story. <laughs> uh, so thanks for everyone uh, who supports what we do here, and be excited about what God's doing in your church family. Uh, one, one announcement on things that are coming up. We got a facility work day coming up uh, uh, in, a, in a week or so. We got uh, like 20 different things that could or should get done around here, uh, ranging from deep cleaning, upholstery, furniture, closet organization. A lot of paintbrushes need to be moving. So if you're uh, anywhere decent with a paintbrush, we need you. And real handyman stuff like, like why on earth is the men's bathroom door not closed for the last year? I still don't know. Um, so we got a RSVP link online. The only reason we need to know ahead of time if you're coming is we just need to know how many of these 20 tasks we're realistically uh, looking at getting to. So if you're available, uh, come on out. It's a come and go as you please in, in that sort of window of time. And uh, the last thing I want to draw your attention to is a booklet on your, your middle of your table called The Seven Practices. This is a Lake Point Church-created resource guide. Uh, some of you, you just want to know what you need to know when you need to know it. You don't need to know this. Others of you want to know where the church is going and how we're getting there, then you do need to know this. And if you don't have enough at your table, we got plenty more at the Connect Bar. Uh, we're just really committed in the discipleship of what we do as a church to not just end our messages and our seasons with an application to take home, but forming a practice around your life that, that, that lets you keep that relationship going with Jesus. And so what we've been teaching in Scripture in part, in its simplest version, is in here. And there's six other practices like Scripture that are just important. So it's a reference material. I want to refer to it every now and then. If you would like one of these on, on your bookshelf at home um, that you can turn back to, again, either take the one that you got on your table or stop at the Connect Bar. Done with public service announcements. Who wants to do a sermon? 
All right, you are at week 9 out of 12 of us talking about Scripture. We've just been really insistent around this idea that opening the Scriptures would open your relationship with Jesus, and as little as 20 minutes a day would set a pattern of just of, of growth with Him that would be one of the biggest rocks and anchor points in your life. And as we've been getting in there, we've been talking about interpretation as of late, and uh, interpretation, uh, one of the beauties and the burden breakers of interpreting the scriptures is that it's not all on you. You know, like n- nine weeks in here and some of these talks, you might be starting to be feeling intimidated. Like, how on earth am I going to take all those pages and all these weird idiosyncrasies and I'm supposed to get out of it then what it's supposed to mean for me now? And Like, this is just a real daunting task. Relax a little because it's not all on you. It's something we're supposed to do to, together. We can interpret alongside others. That's what makes a church the church. Not just this church, any church. The, the beautiful thing is when we open our everyday lives and open the scriptures alongside each other, and then we get an interpretation out of it that would be fuller than if any one of us had pursued it specifically on our own. And we're, we're talking well beyond just doing sermons. This is why we got you at tables today. Um, the extended table time today and the fall bakery challenge in which we are going to decide uh, the winner for all time now. Is it apple or is it pumpkin? All right, I'll explain to you how that showdown is going to go in, in, a, in a minute. But uh, I want you to experience today at a table a little of what we call a missional community. Uh, opening the scripture and life alongside of each other. Um, you're not on your own. And so very little teaching today with the one song we are going to do has already been done at this point. Uh, so we've got a lot of talking and work for you guys to do with the scriptures. But first, I just want to make sure we get introductions. Because you're probably at a table right now with a few strangers. Look at the strangest person next to you and you're like, I, I really ought to get to know you a little bit better before I jump in here, all right? So here's your warm-up questions, two minutes on the clock. Uh, <laughs> what's your name? How long have you been at Lake Point? Or what's the one thing that you appreciate about this church? That'll, that'll get us warmed up, two minutes. Uh, go for it. All right, I'm guessing that was approximately the correct amount of time. So if you could bring it back in here at this point. Got a lot more time for y'all to get to know each other. That was too quick, you needed more? All right, sorry, sorry. All right, here we go. I'm gonna tell you a little story uh, today that's gonna put a lot of the pieces together from what we've been learning at at Lake Point Church this past month. Uh, The story comes out of a little chunk of the Bible, uh, which, which is called Acts 15. All right, so in Acts 15, uh, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. Out of all the weird things that are weird about the Bible, that's, that's one of the weird ones, right? Like a couple of Christians arguing it out on whether or not you're really a Christian, whether or not you're really saved by Jesus on the cross based on this tiny little medical pr- procedure that only applies to half the sexes, right? Like, oh, like, I know you've seen some weird Christian debates, but this, this one uh, takes the cake here. Give you a little background on it. This is coming from 1,800 years prior when God's salvation story first began by approaching the father of our faith named Abraham. 
It says in Genesis 17, God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants, after you for generations to come. This is my covenant, with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight years, eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring, whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any circumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Now do you get what's going on in Acts 15? Uh, This is where the salvation story starts. It's with this guy named Abraham and with a covenant between him and God that everyone who comes from his line of faith is going to be what faith is all about and uh, goes so far as to use the word everlasting. Like this is the covenant and the terms of my covenant absolutely forever. This doesn't end. So when these Judaizers come along in Acts 15, there's like, I get where they're coming from. I get why they agree with this. God said this doesn't end. We are just following the Bible. It still applies today. We agree. Then you got Paul and Barnabas reading the same part of the scriptures and saying, we disagree. And this brings into highlight everything we've talked about the last three weeks in particular. Starting back on October 8, we did a talk on that was then, this and not, this is now. How do you navigate those two things when you're looking at the scriptures? Which is it in a text like this? A week after that, we talked about the right words of getting down what the Bible always says doesn't always lead to the right ways. How do you get the right words in the right ways? That's the debate that's happening right here. And Last week, we talked about divine authority and human authorship, and like everything's kind of coming to a head of everything that we've talked about interpretation when a real-life situation is in front of you. And you are going to have hundreds. And I'm guessing the top of your debate and concern right now is circumcision or not circumcision, but you can name so many different mores that spark the question, what, what do I do that I've got this tried and true book of old, but that I've got so many new, changing, dynamic set of everyday life circumstances that it needs to meet? How do I interpret from the old into this new? And what I like about how these gentlemen play it out in the story is they, they, they chose to uh, uh, interpret together, to interpret alongside of others. Uh, Second half of uh, verse 2 there. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. And in this particular instance, I don't think it's important that they went to church leadership to get the answer to the question. Really what's going on is they, they went to other trusted people in the church to discuss what we ought to interpret out of this from what's going on. And this is what starts to challenge you and I. Because what we would expect in the way we do things now, we would expect Paul or Barnabas or the opposing side to dig their heels in on their opinion, their position, and what we do with the debate is we just make ourselves louder on our own side. And instead, you find a couple of people coming together in the name of Jesus and say, let's humbly discuss this so that we can figure out what we 
decide. There alone is a huge challenge that is enough for a takeaway for, for today. But going on, even better than stopping there, look at how they frame the final outcome. I'm just skipping to verse 28 now. It said, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. So they're about to go into the requirements, but just stop at the, the key words here. Us. They didn't come out with an I, they came out with an us. That's what interpreting the scriptures together led to. And also look at how they did it. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us. Like when we sat down together, it wasn't you stating your position, me stating mine, us going back and forth till we found a compromise. We, the point of us talking this out was to hear the voice of God. And when us was gathered together, we heard from him. And this is where this interpretation is coming from, but I think one of the most interesting words there is seemed. Is this the answer for all people for all time? Are they 100% sure that they got the right answer among them? Are they 100% sure that they got their answer from God? There's enough humility to say we're not sure that we got it right. We're not sure we heard from God. And if we did hear from God and if we did agree with each other, we're not sure that what we decided today is, is going to hold up Five years from now, two years from now, whatever it is. Because we just took a scripture of what it meant then and we changed it for what it means right now. And, 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 and who knows if this needs to change again. You see the humility in how they're presenting themselves. And uh, they, they go on to give a list. And in case you think that, okay, this is all wishy-washy and we're just going to move with the times and change things up. He says, all right, here's uh, verse 29. Here's four things that you're supposed to stay away from. It's just circumcision doesn't make the list. We're going to cut that one, but we're going to... It... <laughs> Didn't think about that until I said it out loud. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to remove the circumcision requirement, but we're going to keep the four... <laughs> There's just no way, good, good way to say that, is there? <laughs> but we're keeping these other four. These are really important. And even as you look at the four that they said are important, it's like some of those we still hold today. Sexual immorality would be bad, but blood, I don't know, medium rare steak, amen, right? Praise God. And again, the, the process of interpreting as a group together yielded a fuller result that they could stand by at least in that moment at that time. Keeps going, verse 30. Uh, so the men were sent off and went down to Antioch where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it. They were glad in its, of its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. And so what's really neat is you get this everyday life interpretation that turns into an everyday relationship application. So not only do you get a fuller interpretation when you open the scriptures alongside others, you give yourself your best darn shot at applying it. You get encouraged, you get support, you get other people behind you. And we, you and I, we need this. We really need this. Like if you just look at that list that they gave out there, like what's your definition of sexual immorality today? And you want to stand on your definition and move the bar to where it's comfortable for you? Or would your definition have more integrity if that was interpreted alongside others? 
In a world full of sticky social issues right now, ranging from wars in Israel, immigration, education, abortion, social justice policy, gender, and so on, like I know you and I know how to add volume to the position on which we stand. Do we know how to add a conversation of agreement alongside of others, particularly others who weren't the group that we sought out because we knew they already thought like us? I know we want a bipartisan world of politics, but sometimes we need a bipartisan church. Like, we, we got people left and right on the political spectrum here, and especially on election year. What if, what if we as the church knew how to talk to each other? What if it's got a, we can't ask the world to be something that we're not. What about down-to-earth stuff like how, how to retire well from that workplace that you, you gave thir- three decades of your life to? The values you held there, you want to carry them over to everyday life. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have other people there? How about, how about first-time parents who are bringing that little bundle of joy home from the hospital and they're scared as heck? How, how neat would it be to have someone else alongside of them who's, who, who's been there? What about if you're, if you're widowed or singled after you'd been with someone for a large chunk of your life? How do you go back to that other version? And how disorienting is, is that? What if you're, like, trapped in a relationship and like you know it's not healthy but you're financially tied to it and you don't know how to get out like or or if I should get out and on and on you go like it's just there's some things like we are going to be sparked all the time how do I go back into this thing called the scriptures of things that God said long long ago and make them come alive for a word from God that I need right now that's why we got missional communities at Lake Point why we talk about them all the time, why we pass connect cards around all the time, why we make invitations all the time, is because it creates that space of interpreting together. And I just, just this past week, I, I got to see it firsthand in my own uh, MC. It was really kind of fun. I'm going to keep the stories general to you know, protect confidentiality, but as, as one person just talked about their challenges and struggles at work and how it's like really eating that person up on the inside, another person was able to talk about their fresh changes and choices and freedoms along with new challenges that, that, that came by making, shaking up the place in, in the workplace. And the two of them kind of fed off each other and both left closer in the discipleship of Jesus because of it. And, and, and then one mom uh, put out there uh, a struggle that, that, that she's having with uh, uh, one of the ch- children, particular age and gender to that child. And so another mom of the same age and gender child, they jump in and then a third with a close to that age and gender child and a fourth with, I used to have that age child, still same gender. But like on and on we go. And like there's like building blocks that were just added on top of each other. One person's experience and the next person's wisdom. And then I had this prayer, but it, the prayer was like breaking me up. And so I needed to adjust it. And I'm still a frustrated mom. It's just the world changing. And it's like this whole thing just got built up right in front of me, watching these moms circle that thing around. Figuring out where do we go with motherhood in these, in the, in these difficult situations with our kids. That's the picture of what we need. That's what I hope your heart wants. That's what I, that I hope you see. There's, there's a layer that can be done amongst us that can't be done strictly individually. And this is our best way of getting at to the point of saying, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. We did this one together.
So uh, we made room today for you to do this together. I'm going to put one text and four questions on the screen here. Uh, Hopefully you have a Bible or a Bible app that you know how to access on your phone because all of you are going to need it right there in front of you. Uh, So go ahead and uh, turn there at this time. And uh, the four questions that I'm putting on the screen, this is what I take our high school ministry through every single week. Like one of my goals is that by the time a kid graduates from Lake Point Church, that they would know how to handle the scriptures for themselves and for others. And so rather than doing a bunch of lessons and filling it all in, the students lead the discussion. And any page we land on the Bible, it's just these four questions every time. The only reason I'm telling you that is if a ninth grader can do this, so can you. All right? Um, You've got a leader at your table, um, the one who's holding the uh, white sheet of paper. If that white sheet of paper is still sitting at the middle of the table, take a look around. Someone's got to grab it and, and volunteer. Uh, but I want to encourage you, we, we left about 30 minutes for this. So you got five, maybe 10 minutes of availability in each question. Really take a moment on, here's the word that stands out to you. Ask a question about what does that really mean? Give your comments and contributions. There are no Bible experts at your table right now. I'm going to guarantee it. All right? Everyone gets to contribute their ideas. Everyone gets to contribute questions. And I'd also encourage you to kind of escalate the level of um, personal disclosure you go at. As the deeper the questions on the list, the more personal it gets. And so, like, we need to do, like, the covenant of uh, confidentiality. Uh, everyone raise their right hand. Repeat it after me. I promise. To leave whatever is shared here at this table. All right, I don't know if you really trust them, but we're, we're closer there, okay? It's not your story to pass along to anyone else. It's their story. They shared it with you. Leave it at the table. And uh, also, uh, as, as you're discussing today, we are going to settle the, uh, the Apple versus Pumpkin Showdown. So uh, in a moment, you will each be dismissed by a table. You will find in the back... One table with apple treats, the other table with pumpkin treats. Your vote is the treat that you take. All right? And we'll, we'll tell you who's the winner at, at the end of this day, so uh, choose wisely. I'm just saying apples are around 12 months a year. Pumpkin's only two, so uh, I don't know. Think about that. Uh, and also, re- refill on coffee. Notice it's not apple, pumpkin, verse coffee. I know that wouldn't be a, a, a hands-down one. So grab some more coffee, apple and pumpkin treats, and I'll check back in with you in 30 minutes.